Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler, and today we are going to talk about cosmos. I love doing the episodes on the complicated things or the advanced flower farmer things like ranunculus and dahlias and lisianthus and high tunnels and all of those things, but I know so many of you are beginner gardeners and you really just want to know some of the basics. Like, let's talk about zinnias. Let's talk about sunflowers. Let's talk about cosmos. If you go back to some of my earlier episodes, I talk about what I would grow as a first-time flower farmer, um, you know, for my very first season or what I what I did grow my very first season, basically. And Cosmos is definitely on that list. They're so, so easy to grow. I think sometimes that first year that you're growing, you need a little bit of a win. They're kind of, I don't want to say they're finicky. They're not finicky. They're just so delicate in some ways that they're not, they're not quite as simple and low maintenance as it makes it sound because they, they can turn really messy really quickly. (laughs) And I definitely got really lucky with my Cosmos the first couple of years. And then after that, so year one, I had, you know, some, probably I had about, I don't know, 20, 20 plants, something like that year one in my tiny garden that first year that I just kind of did this as a hobby with the little farm stand. And then year two, I had probably a 50 foot row of them. And I, I think I got really lucky because I didn't stake them at all and they did just fine. And then year three last year, I completely like, it was terrible. It was a disaster. I wanted to rip them out right away. And I think that is why people an advanced, not advanced, but experienced flower farmers or gardeners or growers have such a love hate relationship with cosmos. I didn't understand it right away. I would see people on Instagram say like flowers, I'm never growing again. And cosmos would be on that list. I'm like, how are cosmos on that list? I am going to grow Cosmos forever and ever. Amen. They're like my favorite flower. They're so giving. They're so great in bouquets. They're so whimsical. But now I see what they mean. They will forever be on my list, but I I almost got rid of them. So I will say the reason they're so easy is because you can just plop some seeds in the ground and within a very short time period, they are coming up right away. They have this very distinct leaf structure. It looks, you know, there's tiny little... um, like a quarter inch little like line coming out of them almost. They're very distinct. And so that's what's nice too, is some of these plants, when they first start coming up, if you don't know what they look like when you're growing them, it can be really hard to decipher between that and a weed when you're trying to plant things. And so that's why for that reason, I think that they are something great to start out direct seed or you can start them in seed trays. I think I am going to try next year to start just, you know, 72 of them or whatever it might be in a seed tray and then transplant them out rather than direct seed them into the ground. I never really understood why some, why people wouldn't direct seed more things into the ground. But now that I'm growing on such a large area, I realized that in order to keep up with the weeds and everything that it's, it's hard to direct seed a lot of things. And so, but you can just pop them, pop the seeds in the ground and then they come up soon, or you can start them in a tray or you can buy these at, you know, a lot of nurseries will have them and they, they still get fairly tall. And so no matter what, you're going to be fine compared to a lot of zinnias or a lot of snapdragons that are really dwarfed varieties if you buy those at a greenhouse. 
And so they do prefer very sunny areas with well-drained soil. But other than that, they're pretty easy to plop right into the ground or start them ahead of time. But what I will say is they need staking. So year one, I think I had... I'm trying to remember what I did. I know I had some twine kind of corralled around my zinnias. And I think I did that around my cosmos as well, just not realizing if I needed it or not. And then the next year I didn't do any staking at all. And I quite frankly got lucky. And then the next year, so 2022, a couple windstorms, a couple rainstorms, and they're completely growing sideways, which gives you 90 degree angles for stems. And that just does not work in a cut flower vase. And so now this year I do my six by six netting with some T posts in there. I will post a picture of that on my blog. So if you are new to the podcast, if you go to sunnymarymeadow.com slash podcast or just sunnymarymeadow.com and click on podcast in the menu, every single episode has a written blog. Shout out to my friend Beth for transcribing it and, you know, typing it up and making it look all pretty and professional. So thank you so much, Beth. If you're listening, it takes a lot of work to get that on there. So if you do read the blog posts, I would appreciate it if you would let me know. (laughs) Send me an email, send me a message on social media, podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com or just Instagram at sunnymarymeadow or Facebook. And just let us know that you read the blog so that we know that people are reading those. Um, that's always good to know. Anyway, I'll post a picture of that and then put a link to the netting that I use. But it's 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 pretty critical because otherwise it can grow sideways. And then you have, there's such dainty little stems that if you have to cut some of them off, they're, they're going to be so wonky looking in the base. One of my best friends, she calls them Dr. Seuss flowers. And I, I can't unsee it now that she has said that. The other thing that you do worry about them, the lower ones are susceptible to powdery mildew or the like the lower part of the plants, just like zinnias can be. So they can get those dark spots, those brownish spots on them. But honestly, it, it doesn't really spread to your other plants. It doesn't affect anything for next year. It's going to be a just an annual. And so honestly, once frost comes, it's going to kill it anyway. And you just kind of deal with it. But one thing that really helps is to continuously keep pinching them. So I don't want to do multiple rows of them in my U-pick area because I know they get cut pretty easily. So I am going to actually, I think in years to come, I'm just going to wait until the first of June, like two weeks, two to three weeks after our last frost in the spring to start planting them because I really don't need them until like August anyway, and they just get so ugly looking. The other option, if they are not in a high traffic area or an area where your customers are going to see them, then you would do multiple successions, meaning like May 15th, you'll plant some, June 10th, you'll plant some, and you could even wait, you know, until like the end of June, you know, depending on what your last frost date is, do two to three successions. But my thing is, I'm just going to wait a little bit later because I do not need three successions of them. And once you cut them, they keep producing. It's just, they start getting tired and then they can really get out of control quickly. I don't need more than a, you know, five foot by 60 foot roll of them. I just don't need them. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from this episode to talk about something else. We're going to talk about my course that I'm launching this fall, Peddling Perishable Products. So they are essentially, if you like the episodes where I tell you how to grow the flowers, I really think you're going to like the episodes where I tell you how to sell the flowers. Ultimately, I tried creating some podcast episodes talking about how I do things and it just felt incomplete. And I really want to make a difference and I want to make it easier on you. And I don't want you to find out how to do things the hard way. If you want more information on how to 
sell your flowers and turn it into a comprehensive business, click the link within this episode notes and sign up for a Calendly call. I promise it's not intimidating. It's 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you the stats on my sales. I'm going to give you information on the course. Ultimately, if at the end of the phone call, the answer is no or not yet, I promise no hard feelings. I just really, really want to help you turn your cut flower hobby into a successful business if that's what you want to do. Again, no hard feelings. Just sign up on the Calendly link. Thanks. Another thing that is really nice about them is you can use them for the foliage, the greenery. And so that is wonderful because they can be just good texture and fill out the bouquets and look really nice. I will say a lot of our bouquets that we do for our subscriptions or just a one-off sale, what makes them look so cute and unique and kind of that whimsical wildflower look is that we use so many different ingredients. We don't do three of these, three of these, three of these, one of these. Like we don't do this perfectly symmetrical arrangement. It might have one straw flower, two status, one snapdragon, one cosmo, one whatever. The cosmo flowers themselves, if there's a flower and it's really whimsical, then, you know, one or two or three or five is fine. But if I'm just using it as the foliage or greenery, it it is kind of, it sticks out if you only use one. So I like to have three of those in there in any type of bouquet that I do, because otherwise it, if it's spaced out within the whole bouquet, I feel like you don't really focus on it and it's just kind of background or filler as it should be. But because it's such a almost lime green looking color compared to the, a lot of the other leaves, it, a lot of the other foliage is darker green and this is almost a lime color, brighter green, more vivid green. And so... I like to really spread out the stems within there. Otherwise your your eye gets drawn to it. Whereas if it's it's if it's everywhere, it's not something that you focus on. And so if you use it for foliage, that's that's kind of why I explain it that way or why I do it that way. Another thing is you'll see cosmos in a lot of wildflower mixes. And I've started really paying attention because I'm trying to decide what I'm gonna do with my like 20 acre cornfield if we just turn it to CSP, like conservation stewardship program, if we turn it to wildflowers, what we would end up doing. Unfortunately, I've witnessed some, I don't want to say disasters, but what happens is a lot of the wildflower mixes are so cute the first year because they're a mixture of annuals and perennials, and there's a lot of annuals including cosmos, including zinnias, and it looks so beautiful. And then there are some perennials in there, like your coneflowers and black-eyed Susans. But then year two is like all black-eyed Susans, all coneflowers, all bee balm, and the cosmos aren't even there because they have to drop their seed in order to get more. And so I, I'm hesitant to do that now that I've seen how some in the area have turned out. I'm like, well, I don't want a whole field of black-eyed Susans. I don't want a whole field of coneflowers. But you'll see a lot of cosmos in those initial wildflower mixes, which also leads me to believe somewhat that maybe they're a little more hardy of a frost than we think, depending on when, on when they're planted. So now we're going to talk about varieties. And my favorite kind is definitely the double click. So it's almost like two layers of petals, which just makes it really full and whimsical looking. Actually, before we talk about varieties, let's skip back. Let's talk about when you harvest them. So you really want to cut them 
before they open when they're like barely past the cracking bud stage because otherwise they will not last long. They'll get brown. They'll get ugly. So you really have to cut them when they're barely opening. Now, my you pickers don't understand that. They don't want that. They want the flowers that are fully open. And that's why I'm like, yep, go ahead and pick 10 of them. Like they'll last a little while or just take them out as you need to. But so yeah, so you do want to cut them when they're barely opening up. And what we do is we'll just go through and open a bunch of them, but we do have to deadhead quite a few of them that are too far open. And so if one petal has three stems on it and one is fully open, but two little buds are not quite cracked open yet, I'll just disbud or cut off with the scissors that one that's fully open. So then at least we have two small ones behind it and then can use those. And then we cut very, very deep. We cut like three foot stems. These things get tall. They're like four and a half to five and a half feet tall. They're really, really tall. They're like my height almost. And so at least certain varieties are. And so you cut a really deep stem because you want them to keep producing. So just cut low, cut low. Hello. Sometimes the netting can be frustrating, but we do put the netting like two feet off the ground. It's pretty high off the ground. All right, podcast listeners, I have an ask of you. Between writing these episodes, recording, editing, uploading, and the fees to even have an account, this podcast takes a lot of time, effort, and resources. I'm fortunate to have a team helping me out, but it's time to evaluate where this podcast is going and if we can continue doing this. I have had so many messages and emails letting me know that this podcast has brought some bit of joy to people's day or week and is entertaining, inspiring, or in some other day just improves their life, their drive, whatever it might be. And I want to keep this podcast focused on content that informs, entertains, and is mindful of your time. And one way to accomplish this is through direct listener support. Your support would help the show not only continue, but grow. If you look at this episode's notes, you'll find a link that talks about Sunny Mary Meadow Premium. I've set up a link where you can quickly and easily support the show and the whole thing takes about 60 seconds. We are asking for $7 a month to help continue our mission. If the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast is a part of your day or week and you love what you're doing, please visit the link and consider supporting us. As a special thank you, you will receive access to weekly bonus episodes of what we did on the farm that week. It's anywhere from a five to 15 minute episode. So think of that $7 as a high five to keep us going and creating the episodes. So it's less than $2 a week just to keep us going so we can keep doing this. Thank you. So getting back to the varieties, I love double click. I will post a picture of it within the blog, but it's it's like two layers of petals coming out of the center. They're super dainty. I have a lot of the blush and white colors, but they come in this like dark maroon color. So I love the double click. The Versailles variety, they look a lot more like a daisy and they're part of the daisy family. So that makes sense. Or they're part of the aster family, I should say. And so they're just, they're just these dainty little, sometimes they get like a darker rim or outline and then they get lighter as they go inside toward the petal and so that's just that's pretty fun to have that variety of color and so you can kind of you can do a lot of things with it you can dress it up dress it down you know it it gives it that wild whimsical look I think um, with those dainty little petals and then my daughter's favorite variety is the cupcake variety it literally looks like a cupcake holder or a muffin holder just right there right there in your in your bouquet. So yeah, I love the cupcake variety. So those are my three favorite varieties that I grow. There is a chocolate variety. I love 
I love that one. Um, I bought seeds this year and I did not get them planted and I'm really sad about it, but I will plant them next year. And I bought them from Johnny's Seeds and I'm not sure if you can buy them anywhere else. So I will try to find a link to put that in the episode notes if we can find it. But this chocolate, it's not brown, but it's like a, I don't know, it's like a little like rosette of a very, very dark maroon, if that makes sense. And they're found in Mexico. They also come in a really bright yellow that a lot of people, that a lot of people like to plant. And those are the sulfur varieties. But yeah, the, the thing about Cosmos is if you don't stake them, if you don't prune them, if you don't care for them, they can get out of hand really quickly and look incredibly messy. If you are a home gardener, I would recommend when you get sick of them, when they start getting ugly, just cut them out. Just completely cut them out because you're not going to be able to, or or you can just cut them down. I've seen a lot of people do that too. That's another thought. Cut them down to like eight inches off the ground and just start fresh and they'll just start fresh and branch off. I've seen a lot of people take literally a chainsaw and just cut off their whole patch and let them. It's essentially like a really deep pinch if you think of it that way. Yeah. So that's kind of what I got on Cosmos. I know it's kind of a short, quick little episode, but I think it's important that we talk about some of the basic things and don't just talk about high tunnels and dahlias. And I, I don't get me wrong. I love talking about dahlias. We had like 1700 downloads for both of the dahlia episodes. And I have, there's part one and part two, and I cannot believe how close those numbers are together. There were like four people and it's still like, I keep checking the numbers and they keep going up by like 20 a day. People go crazy about dahlias, but yeah, so that's super fun to just see see what people like, see what people are listening to. But I do think it's important that we get back to the basics a little bit. Yeah. So that's my episode on Cosmos. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. sunnymarymeadow.com.